I love it. Never forget. And you still hear that, you hear that, especially today, here near this anniversary. Never forget. Looking back and thinking about that now, I, I just wonder, never forget what? It's interesting to me, um, because there's a, there are a lot of other events in our history that have similar phrases that go with them. Being a Texan, the very first one that comes to my mind is, remember the Alamo. Quick refresher for everyone. Late 1835, the Texan army takes control of San Antonio. In February 1836, Santa Ana shows up with the Mexican army to take it back. Texans use an old Spanish mission, the Alamo, as their fortress. The Mexican army had them surrounded, outnumbered, outgunned, out-everything. Colonel Travis, in command, sends a letter asking for reinforcements. The reinforcements don't arrive. March the 6th, at dawn, the Mexican army begins their assault. Within 90 minutes, the battle's over. Fewer than 50 of the 250 Texans survived the battle. So what does it mean to remember the Alamo? Well, the first time that these words are recorded, it's used as a battle crop for the Texas Army as they ambush Santa Ana's troops a month later in San Jacinto, officially ending the war. They shout, remember the Alamo. Because to remember the Alamo is to remember the sacrifice of the brave and the noble. And it also is to remember the depravity of the enemy. It makes heroes of the dead and reinforces the evil of the enemy. To put it bluntly, it made it easier to go kill the Mexicans. Or here's another one. December the 7th, 1941. A date which will live in infamy. At 7.48 a.m., 353 Imperial Japanese aircraft attacked the Navy base in Pearl Harbor. 90 minutes later, it was over. Uh, eight battleships were damaged, four sunk, 2,403 Americans were killed, another 1,178 were wounded. Another tragedy. Another day to remember. But remember what? The next day, when Roosevelt gave the infamy speech, the U.S. Congress would declare war against Japan. The following month, we remembered Pearl Harbor by beginning to blame the Americans of Japanese descent, and then rounding them up and moving them to concentrated internment camps. Remember Pearl Harbor. One more. In the ninth year of King Zedekiah's reign, in the tenth month, on the tenth day of the month, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came with his army against Jerusalem and laid siege to it. They built siege works against it all around, so the city was besieged until the eleventh year of King Zedekiah. Many times you can say siege in one sentence. On the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine became so severe in the city that there was no food for the people of the land. 
that a breach was made in the city wall. The king with all the soldiers fled by night by way of the gate between the two walls by the king's garden, though the Chaldeans were all around the city. They went in the direction of the Arab, but the army of the Chaldeans pursued the king and overtook him in the plains of Jericho. All his army was scattered, deserting him. Then they captured the king and brought him up to the king of Babylon and Riblah, who passed sentence on him. They slaughtered the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, then put out the eyes of Zedekiah. They bound him in fetters and took him to Babylon. In the fifth month, on the seventh day of the month, which was the nineteenth year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the bodyguard, a servant of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. He burned the house of the Lord, the king's house, and all the houses of Jerusalem. Every great house he burned down. All the army of the Chaldeans who were with the captain of the guard broke down the walls around Jerusalem. Then Uzziah and the captain of the guard carried into exile the rest of the people who were left in the city and the deserters who had defected to the king of Babylon. All the rest of the population. But the captain of the guard left some of the poorest people of the land to be vine dressers and tillers of the soil. Second Kings chapter 25, verses 1 through 12. I believe this to be the central event of the Old Testament. Everything in the Jewish Bible is either building up to this event or is dealing with its aftermath. This was definitely a never-forget event. Now, unlike the other examples of never-forget that I shared, this one was a complete defeat. The Jews were not in any position to stage a counterattack or to oppress anyone or to do anything retaliatory. But the feelings were still there. They definitely remembered. I say that because you can see it in the New Testament. The way that the Jews treat anyone who isn't Jewish. Let me remind you, they, they weren't in power then either. But there was a definite hatred for the outsider. And this would go on to become a big problem for that early church. Because, you know, it was made up of Jews and non-Jews. And it wasn't easy guys. So it was there. And so this brings us to today's psalm that was read. Uh, what a lot of people would call um, a troubling passion passage, uh, a confusing one, a why is this in the Bible kind of thing. The one that I find makes a lot of sense. What kinds of prayers are prayed right after a tragedy? What kinds of poems are written? What songs are sung? By the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept when we thought of Zion, our home, so far away. On the branches of the willow trees, 
We hung our harps and hid our hearts from the enemies. And the men that surrounded us made demands that we clap our hands and sing songs of joy from days gone by, songs from Zion, our home. Such cruel men taunted us, haunted our memories. How could we sing a song about the eternal in a land so foreign, foreign, while still tormented, broken-hearted, homesick? Please don't make us sing this song. Oh, Jerusalem, even still, don't escape my memory. I treasure you and your songs, even as I hide my heart from the enemy. And if I can't remember, may I never sing a song again. May my hands never play well again. For what use would it be if I don't remember Jerusalem? as my source of joy. Remember, eternal one, how the Edomites, our brothers, the descendants of Esau, stood by and watched as Jerusalem fell. Gloating, they said, destroy it! Tear it down to the ground! And Jerusalem was being demolished. Oh, daughter of Babylon, you are destined for destruction. Happy are those who pay you back for how you treated us, so you will no longer walk so proud. Happy are those who dash your children against the rocks, so you will know how it feels. Remember, never forget. I remember how I felt that day, 20 years ago, immediately afterwards. The sorrow, the fear, the anger, the hatred. I remember literally anybody that was speaking about it at the time including comedians, late-night show hosts, like, they would talk about it with such hate. Like, the only word that they could get by the censors to use to call the pilots of those planes were cowards, the hijackers. But there were other things that were behind that. And I remember, I was with them. I remember the things that I said and the slurs that I used and how good it felt when I said it. how I cheered when President Bush declared war on terror and we began this invasion of Afghanistan. I remember all of that feeling. Remember, never forget. Never forget what? The tragedy? So that we can call the people that died heroes and the people that attacked pure evil? Never forget what the pain, the hurt, the loss, those moments when we said things that we might regret. I'm writing this out and I'm building to this point and then something else pops into my head, another scripture, and it wasn't the direction I intended on taking this, but there it was. In Luke 23, Jesus is on the cross and he's dying. And people are yelling, yelling at him, 
literally adding insult to injury, making fun of him. And in that moment, he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. I just wonder, where was that response? What would that have been like? Was anyone on one of those airplanes asking for forgiveness for the hijackers? Was there someone in the office tower seeing it coming, praying for the people attacking them? I don't know. So I'm turning back to you. Here we are. The last generations that will be able to remember 9-11. Because remember, anyone who graduated high school last year, and everyone younger than that, cannot remember 9-11 because they weren't alive yet. Which means that anything that they know about it, anything they remember about it, anything they never forget about this day, is going to be what we choose to tell them about. So what should we remember? And how does forgiveness play into it? What are you going to be taking home with you from this conversation today? While you were talking and asking, um, remember what? Just kind of a random thought about the January 6th insurrection. There's a lot of people that would love to forget that and act like it never happened. And then there's a lot of people that don't want to forget it and want to get to the bottom of it. So maybe that's part of it. We we don't want to just sweep it under the rug and forget all about it. We need to remember history and not repeat it. It's good. Thanks, Gary. Um, a couple of thoughts. One was, I think something that people often say about that time is like, remember the sense of unity that we had as a country and the things that generally divide us weren't divided as we were thinking. We were all kind of unified. It was a beautiful sense of, of that, but then there was also, uh, I was reading something on Twitter yesterday saying, um, was from Sri Lanka, and he said, like, he, that was the moment when he knew that he was different, and that was when he started getting slurs and people saying things about him and saying horrible things to him, and he's not Middle Eastern, <laughs> he's Southeast Asian, and um, that that idea of fighting a common enemy and being able to say, oh, that's who we're mad at, and so we can all be unified in our hatred towards uh, this group of people, and uh, I think that's the point 
something that we need to remember so that we don't so we don't continue in those ways in the way that kind of as a country that that is something it's something that unifies us is so often something that that we are angry about. Yeah. It's, it's so it's so nefarious that hatred can bring about this unity. Mm-hmm. And that even now we have nostalgia for the unity around hatred. It's just something really nefarious about that. Oh. Thanks for sharing, everyone. Um, I do agree that. Uh, I will not be silenced. <laughs> I do agree that. We don't, we shouldn't forget. We shouldn't pretend like it didn't happen. Um, like many other things. Always it would be easy to forget. I think that's part of the reason why that language never forget caught on. But I think it's worth being mindful about the lessons that we take from it. The story that we tell about it. The things that we choose to remember. Because even in the midst of all of that, there, there was, there was good. There was this sense of coming together. Um, in the earliest days, before we knew where to direct our anger, it was just a rescue operation. Um, there, 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 there are ways to remember and honor the people that were lost. Um, and, you know, for what it's worth, the majority of the commemorations are about that. And I think that's, that's right. But it's also easy to fall into that trap of remembering the fear and the hatred, or to say the lesson is we need to make sure this never happens again by destroying our enemies or by doing whatever. Um, yeah, I don't have an answer. Just questions. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We love each other. We know that you love us. God, when we have tragedy in our lives on any scale, um, it's, sometimes it's hard to know what to do with it. To find that balance between letting go of some of the pain and the trauma and wanting to hold on to it. Making sure that, that we honor what happened, what came before, we honor who we are now. 
that we also try to grow and continue to see the world through your compassionate eyes. Father, help us to remember help us to remember well and help us in the middle of that remembrance while we do it to also be able to forgive and to let go. I guess God, just let, let your love flow through it all and overrule it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.